Welcome back to the show, guys. Today we have on Amar Assad. He is a serial entrepreneur. He runs and manages a $10 million business, a franchise owner of a car rental company in two different locations while running a podcast. He has a production company in the opposite side of the world, and he has four kids at the same time. But more importantly, he is a huge mentor of mine, one of the most kind and abundant humans that I know. I'm more than excited to have him on the show today, and I know that you're going to get a whole lot of value from this episode if you want to be more of a leader in your life. Whether that comes down to gaining more confidence, more self-belief, we talk about mentorship, we talk about running a business and being able to prioritize family over the business. We talk so many different topics, and I think that you're going to get a whole lot of value from this episode. So let's hop right into it. For those who are not aware of who Amar Asad is, can you give us a brief rundown? Yeah, thanks for that awesome introduction, uh, James. Yeah, I am a father first, husband. I am a serial entrepreneur with uh, multiple businesses uh, in the yeah, as I said, in the travel industry, as well as I'm a mentor for Rob Dial. I coach his uh, his coaches on how to start and grow their and scale their coaching businesses. And I am yeah, I got a production company out in California with my. Uh, with my business partner, RJ, and that's taking off. We have a movie that's going to be taking, uh, that's going to launch, I believe, December 10th. So I'm excited about that. It's called The Shipment. And just a lot of exciting things going on from there. And I'm just excited to jam out with you today, buddy. Dude, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm so I'm so grateful for you coming on this podcast. You've had such a massive impact on me and to get me to where I am today. It's just, I'm so blessed that I have this relationship. And I want to know, for you, you are what I call a leader, obviously, but you are what, like the definition of a leader, I think of you, Amar. And I'm curious, what is your definition of leadership? Well, thank you so much, bro. I, I definitely, definitely receive that. And with me, my definition of a leader is somebody who does not care about ego and just wants to make sure the task gets done. It's mm. not about labels. A leader does not give a shit about about what, you know, and I think you, you've said this before, leader eats last, you know, the leader eats last and I'm okay with that. And I feel that it's always, everybody always wants, everybody always wants to be the hair, you know, everybody wants to be the hair. Everybody wants to be fast paced, but I feel like sometimes it's okay to be the turtle and kind of watch everything from behind and be able to kind of stick on that pace, but at least you're moving forward. So a leader for me is somebody who doesn't give a shit about ego, doesn't care about judgment, and is able to have true and pure intentions that that come with good, good ethical uh, decisions as well. I love that. And I know something that you always say is that you can never go broke giving. That's something yeah. that, and again, like that's exactly what a leader would say. And like from the beginning of where Amar to where he is now running multiple businesses and just doing all the things that you're doing, what was the first experience in your life that either forced you to become a leader or that pushed you into becoming a leader? Um, I played sports my whole life, James. So uh, yeah. just a locker room. I mean, being being in uh, eight years old, playing, uh, you know, baseball uh, in, the, in uh, just understanding that, hey, you know what, let's. If you strike out, let's just go up to the place and be like, it's okay. You get your next at bat. And I learned it from having great coaches, James. Mm -hmm. I mean, it starts from that. Um, my dad, my dad is an amazing human being who just will work, work, work and never complain. And that's what I've learned at a really young age is that 
hard work is hard. Hard work is tough. And you got to, that's just a part of life. Everything about it is hard. School can be hard. Work can be hard. Podcasting can be hard, but it can also be enjoyable. It can also be controlled. And it's just understanding that, you know what? Shit's not easy, but it's life. Life's not easy, but it doesn't mean because life's not easy. It's going to be automatically so difficult. It's like, there's that happy medium. And I, it's either cold or hot. Like no one wants to go with warm. No one wants to go with cool. And so I learned that at a young, at a, at a young age that it's okay to mess up as well. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to strike out. It's okay, you know, because years later, striking out is equivalent to hearing no's in sales. Striking out is equivalent to not getting what you want. Striking out is equivalent to rejection. And by able to learning that at, at a young age, it was able to be able to bounce back from the no's because, you know, I used to get really affected when I heard no in sales. I used to get really affected when I got, when I struck out and then being able to understand that it's part of the process. It's part of the game. You know, like if baseball, we use the baseball analogy. You just need to hit three hits out of 10 and you're, you're going to the hall of fame. So seven times you can strike out and you're still going to the hall of fame. If you are at least getting three hits. So that's, that's kind of my output. And I learned that early in life that it's okay to mess up as long as you learn from it. And failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is a part of success. And love it. that's my thing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All, all of your, like, your analogies just bring so much light to positions where we feel like we have, whether it be no control over the situation, or it comes back to having that foundational mindset of being a leader. And I know that when you were in high school and college, baseball was your thing you were MLB prospect and that was your that was your idea your whole life your whole identity was baseball growing up I played baseball since I was four years old I took six stitches three pins in my wrist I had a tore my labrum and that was my intention as well and I know that when I got injured my baseball career was over it hit me and adopting a new identity since that day it's like I've lived a different life within a few years take us through your mindset of getting past that position and then moving into your corporate job Oh yeah, man. It, it, that's a great, great question, James, because you got to think about it. It's like with, with baseball, football, or even sports in general, like, you know, we, we love it at a young age. We watch it at a young age. Okay. You're a big Steeler fan. I can give you hell about it right now, but we'll leave it alone. Uh, but we, we you know, we, we love sports. It's something that we have in common. I can talk to you right now about the Steelers. You and I can talk about picket the quarterback, talk about okay. the we can just get into a conversation. And that's, what's so cool about sports is that it's just a great conversation starter. Uh, for guys and girls, you know, it's it's just great to be able to just talk about it, shoot the shit about it. So I felt like sports, I've just always been a part of it. My dad watched it, you know, growing up, I was just watching the big Yankee fan, just watching the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, being able to learn baseball at a young age, just playing the ball, playing with a ball in front of the house, breaking a few neighbors, uh, you know, glass windows and, and glass doors. Never forget those days. And, but <laughs> The thing about it, like, yeah, so it ended up not panning out, you know, to, to be a baseball player. It didn't, it didn't work out. And what do you feel about? You feel failure. I felt failure. I mean, I felt that wasn't good enough. I felt that, hey, I'm not good enough to be this, even though I did it the right way. I didn't take any steroids. I didn't, uh, you know, cheat. I didn't steal. I didn't lie. And it didn't work out. And you think to yourself, Wait, like, so there's that person right now who got rejected from that job they really wanted. They were told no. They, they had the opportunity to have their dream job and it just didn't pan out. But in this situation for me, 
yeah, I wanted everybody to feel sorry for me. You know, I wanted to play the martyr. I wanted to be like, oh, poor me. But you know what, though, man? No one gives a shit about that. You know, that only gets you past 24 hours and it's a time to move on. So for me, it was, okay, what am I going to do next? So I got a corporate job and then worked from the bottom, started my way. And from there, started my way down there and did the work. James, when I say I did the work, like I was working about 60 hours a week. And this is crazy because I've never said this on a podcast. So this is awesome that you're going to do this. But I worked so much to where I missed the birth of my third child because I was traveling for work. And as soon as I left, my wife was a couple, it was a couple of weeks before the due date. So I left, I drove to Hilton Head, South Carolina. And as soon as I got to Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is a four hour drive from where I live in Charlotte, I got the phone call that my wife was going in labor. Actually, I pick up the phone for my wife and I hear screaming and it's my neighbor saying, Hey, uh, Shannon's going into labor. I'm like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm. So, but where I'm getting at to that question about with failure, because of not succeeding in sports or not succeeding in your dream job or that vision that you wanted, mm -hmm. I felt that I had to overcompensate in everything that I did. Yeah. Everything, James. It was yeah. like, okay, you know what? Not only am I going to have the, oh, this is ranked right here. I'm going to be number one over here. And then I would go there and I'll be number one, uh, you know, in, in sales. I'll be number one in, in marketing, whatever, whatever category it was. But I would definitely just go there and get that, hit that milestone. And I would think that, yes, that, that, that's what it is. But that wasn't satisfying for me. I was just doing it to kind of mask that I wasn't good enough back then. And then, you know, through, through our, our mentor with Rob Dial, of course, I, I was able to, to lean into that and understand that, hey, you know what? I am good enough. And you do change. And you, you, you don't have to feel like a failure because, yeah, you didn't get your way. And that, to me, is, is why I think it's very, very important that if you know you're not going to, to if, you've, if you understand that, hey, it's just not going to work out or you didn't get your dream job, it yeah. doesn't mean that your life's over. It doesn't mean that you need to, oh, my God, I got to go to the drawing board. I'm going to go sell cars or I'm going to go work for Uber. Or I'm going to go like, you know, it, you just got to kind of just, which is the hardest thing for me as, you know, and as an entrepreneur is just to slow down yeah. and kind of. And we, you and I were just having this conversation offline and just yep. kind of slow down and kind of know what you need versus just jumping right into it. So, yeah, so I know this is kind of a long-winded question, but for me, failure was something that I needed to experience to humble me and also drive me. And that is where I feel like everybody wants to talk about their, their successes, but I think it's very, very important to understand that, that you got to experience failure because it is not easy. You're an amazing, badass coach, James. But there are times that people say no to you. It doesn't mean that you're not a great coach. It doesn't mean that. But for some reason, I thought you could take that personally. I would take it personal. And it's not personal because at the end of the day, anybody who has, uh, you know, James as a coach and uh, understand that, like, you do an amazing job. You understand what you need to do. And they need you more than you need them. And that, that at the end of the day, is, is what I want to make sure the listeners understand is that you control your destiny. And I can lead you to water, but James, I mean, they got a drink. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to. There's so many, so many things I want to touch on there. Cause like you, you went so many places that I'm just like, I have so <laughs> many ideas. Cause I remember in, 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 I think it was in college for you when you realized that baseball wasn't happening, you would buy and sell cars from auction, right? Yes. Use cars to overcompensate. Mm -hmm. And did you feel it? 
like that was a part that you took from your dad because he was he was like someone that was constantly working as well? Absolutely, because I couldn't stay idle. I had to keep working. So what I would do is it was every Wednesday we would go to the auction in New Jersey. It was about an hour and a half. Mannheim auction is what it was. And we'd go out there and we would buy uh, and it would be dealer prices. So you would buy the like a Honda for like $1,500 and we can sell it for $3,000. I remember it was like the little cars. And from there, I remember I bought a BMW for $9,000 salvage like title or something like that. And I sold it for like $12,000. And it was, and it was crazy, James, because this was money I didn't have. I had to pay Mm -hmm. the guy before that. So I was just rolling the dice. But from then I realized, oh shit, I can bet on myself because I was rolling the dice with money I didn't have. I had to pay the dealer. I think it was like two weeks at the time. It was like the day I bought it, I had to give him the full amount in two weeks. So it was just like, okay, I just got a $1,500 car. If I don't sell it in two weeks, I got to just sell 1500 bucks. So I can pay the, mm-hmm. pay the dude because I was using his, his license at the time. But so yeah, that, that also, I learned a lot about myself with that. That's when I learned that sales is something that I can, I can really, really excel in because yeah. I understood how to, I, I just understood how to build value in that, in, in that, um, in that role because not necessarily is everything features and benefits. And that's where I learned that with a car. Yeah. And I, and I want to touch on, cause like, again, there's so many points that you just spoke on that I think will resonate with a lot of people. And I just want to hit them because in yeah. that position where like it was college and baseball was your thing. And you, you said that you have to understand when it's not going to work. I think that's something that a lot of people avoid is quitting and they stay, they have a negative connotation when it comes to quitting. But for me, it was like, I was in a recliner for weeks sleeping in a recliner, being barely able to move because I was just got out of surgery. And I just came to the realization that it was during COVID. And I just came to the realization that I had to make a shift and I didn't know what that shift was going to be. But I think that's exactly what a leader is, is being able to pivot in the times where things aren't going your way. And you, you may want to lean on someone else. You may want to soak in your pity, but in the real, in the real grand scheme of things, you have to make a shift. And as you always say that change is going to happen, whether you be in control of your change or the universe is going to be in control of your change. So and when was, the universe isn't generous, James, I mean, it just isn't. It's, it's so true. It's so true. And I think when it comes to being a leader, talking about failure and going into be, getting that failure and, and noticing that that was the failure you needed to move forward and actually, you know, take it, take responsibility for things. When was it the first experience for you? that you realized that trying to fill that void by overworking just wasn't going to work. I realized that, believe it or not, working with Rob Dial during the Kaizen program, which is wow. a, it was a mastermind program that I joined. And I, all I knew, and all I knew was that I thought hard work was equivalent to working long hours. That was it. Yeah. Hard work meant you worked long. And my dad worked six days a week, yeah. worked 12 to 14 hours a day, and had one day off and it was Wednesdays. And it, that's just what I thought. It was like, you don't take off maybe one day a week, but you work, you work, you work, you work. James, I'm a dad of four. I'm, I'm married to an amazing wife. And I was spending more time with my business. I was spending more time at the office. I was spending more time there. Yes, did I want to be with my family? Of course, but society told me, tradition told me, no, like I gotta be, out here busting my ass so then I can be able to provide for my family because that's my role. And good God, was that a freaking construct? And I learned that through the mastermind where Rob, you know, and Dean, which I would just will always be grateful to them is that they were just like, why, why is it, 
why is that the way? And just digged in and digged in. I was like, oh shit, like, wait, you could hire extra people. You could, once again, bet on yourself. You could let go. Just, and it all starts with control. It was like anybody, I mean, you know this, you have your successful coaching business. when, When you start a business, it's your baby. And it's so hard to trust somebody with your baby. That's, that's the way that I felt and working on myself, it was, you know, I, I had business partners that just didn't pan out in the past that now I'm able to trust. And now I have an amazing business partner, for example, uh, that, you know, that that's part of me with, with my, uh, with my franchises, he's, right. you know, amazing, amazing, amazing. And it's so cool that I was able to do a, a 180 considering that I remember I was like, I will never have partnership again, or I. I would just not put myself through this, but for me to finally stop working from 60 hours to now working, you know, 20, 30 and, and doing that, it all, it all started with just a bullshit construct in my head. I had to change the way I change the way I thought things were supposed to be because my dad did it. His dad did it. His dad's dad did it. My uncles did it. And it, it's just because they did that doesn't mean you have to follow in their footsteps. You have to break the cycle. You have to break the generational cycle. It's so, so true. I talk about this very frequently is my grandfather passed away at 66, but he worked his entire life to pass away right before he was going to retire. So like, again, being that leader and being able to shift and make the shift and recognize that putting effort into something else that is going to have your whole life just to, you know, be able to retire at 65 isn't not only isn't it sustainable, but it's just not the way that you want to live your life. And I know that now after everything that you've been through, you're in a position now where it's family first. Yeah. And something that I want to bring up quickly that you said about your grandfather is yeah. that I have somebody really, really close to me just, just had a cancer scare, 43 years old, 43, 44 years old, I think mm-hmm. really, really, really close to me. Right. This is a person who stresses about everything. This is a person that is just people pleasing. This is a person that does not live their true authentic life. Mm-hmm. They needed a cancer scare in order for them to realize, oh my God, they forgot about all the bullshit stuff, all the stuff that would keep them up at night, all the stuff that they were quote unquote worrying about, and then had a cancer scare. And then from there, all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, I, I, I just can't be doing this anymore. Like, what is it? Like, do you have to learn the hard way? Do people not realize that like, you have the opportunity to control your destiny? Are you gonna, it's gonna get you sick yesterday. Not uh, somebody that I met through that, but a good buddy's stepdad's, uh, a good buddy's stepdad's dad. So I guess like step grandfather. I don't know. I don't know the term of that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Huh, he passed away at 60. 60 years old. Same thing, dude. Working, working, working. I'm 41 years old. 60 is not too far from it. And it's like, why am I going to do that? Why am I going to? to not live that life with my kids. James, like I have twins that are eight years old, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. I get to, I get the ability to coach my children's football. I get the opportunity to coach their sport. I, I where my dad wished he can do that, but he couldn't, he couldn't do that. He wasn't able to do that at the time, but I was able to, I'm able to be at the sideline. I'm able to talk to my kids. I'm able to see their first touch and I'm able to catch it on camera. Posted, I posted a video on social media of my kid, you know, uh, just running, at the, you know, running in both of them. And it's like, that's like for me to see it through, you know, live or through like a play that I drew up or a play that they drew up versus my wife's sending me a video. 
of, of this stuff, which it was in the past where I would just see videos of, of my family, miss certain things. I'm just like, no, that's not the way it's going to be. And the more and more COVID has not taught anybody anything is that nothing is guaranteed. So why not be in control of your destiny? I'm in full support of that. I, I think that, and, and there was a point in time where, you know, you were controlled by your schedule and now you, you're, you're controlling your schedule. You're at a point where you're able to decide when you work, when you don't work, what you focus on, what you don't focus on, and you're running multiple businesses. So when it comes to managing your time from, from the beginning of even starting the, the franchise, like years ago, how did you, what beliefs did you have to let go of? to be able to not only delegate, but also shift the way that you approached work entirely? Uh, great question. Number one was trusting. Like just because you've been burnt in the past does not mean you're going to be burnt in the future. So it was just understanding that. Another thing was delegating, as you just mentioned, that was really hard because once again, I use the baby analogy. It was my baby. So it was like certain things that was like, I don't want them to know exactly how much the business brings in. I don't want mm -hmm. them to know exactly what's going on, you know, or like kind of behind the curtains. They're not supposed to know that. So, uh, so that was a big, big, uh, big, oh, big, big thing that I overcame. But it's still like today, even today, working on myself, I, they still creep up on you. They do, but it's but you're able to kind of make it go away a lot quicker. So for it's, it's not an overnight thing. You got to keep working on yourself. You got to keep. Letting it, letting, you know, letting yourself know that, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, you know, uh, Rob said this and it, and, it, and it stuck with me. It's just like, if somebody came right now and said, Amar, we're taking every penny you have, everything, everything, are you going to be okay? And in confidence, I go, yeah, I am going to be okay. And he goes, you see, so what, why are you so worried? Why are you so worried? And I'm like, yeah. shit, like, why am I so worried? Like, and, and it all stems with, what on it is that I didn't believe in myself in the past. And now I do. That is the biggest thing. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't trust myself. And if I don't believe in myself and I don't trust myself, how the hell are you going to trust me, James? How the hell am I supposed to lead and, and coach all these mentors? Yeah. So I had no choice but to finally say, hey, if James believes in me, all these people believe in me. Why am I not believing myself? And that's where it came down to. And it all stems from not being good enough. You're speaking, man, because I can recollect a time where that was me. You were that you were that person for me. And it's it's yeah. funny because like I, I vividly remember getting into and I just dropped my trophy, by the way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> of the 10K in 30 days. And it was oh, like, yeah, and you, you were a big you were a huge part of that, man. And I'm I'm so so grateful for you because I wouldn't be where I am without you. And I, I'm curious for you with everything that you've acquired, because again, as you just said, there is if, if you had nothing, the knowledge, the skills that you've acquired, the relationships that you've built are, have gotten you to a position. We were talking about this in the last podcast episode was being able to recognize that money isn't everything, but the skills that you acquire, the people that you get in touch with and the knowledge that you learn is what is going to actually create that money, regardless of of if you don't have any in the bank, right? So right. knowing that money isn't your definition for success, how do you measure your success? Uh, success now is measured. That's a great question because right now I measure su success based on filling my cup, bucket list things. You yeah. know, I go to a lot of sports, sports events. Every yeah. year, me, my brother, and my cousins who are like brothers to me, we go on a, an away 
New York Giants trip, right? Now it's more about doing things consistently. I've taken my family on more vacations in the past three years, James, than I've had in the past eight years mm -hmm. combined. So for me, success means being able to do the things that you're supposed to do versus thinking what thinking what the society tells you you should do. Because I felt I used to feel guilt, happiness guilt. It's called. I used to say all the time, like, "Oh no, like." I should be working. I should be on this computer. I should be doing, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just trying to talk myself out of a good time because I felt guilty because it was new. And success is to understand success is confidence. That's what it is. It all starts with confidence and believing in yourself. So my definition of success is if you believe in yourself and you don't, you legitimately, legitimately do not care what people think, you are going to move mountains. Because what I've learned in the mentor world for all these times is that sometimes the hardest thing to get the hardest people to get support from are the people that actually live under your roof and that holds them back. And it's like, for me, I have an amazing supportive wife. I have amazing supportive friends. I have amazing supportive circle. And that's when I always emphasize that on my podcast or even when I'm teaching a class is like, it's so important James to have that circle. Just like you, you know, damn well, you can always reach out to me. That's just kind of the way it's supposed to be. I never had that in the past. I, there was nobody I can pick up the phone and call when I had a problem. And you joining at your journey at a really young age and being able to do that, like that is like so much respect to you because shit at 18, 19, I mean, I was just, my number one goal was to see how many girls I can hook up with. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, look at you. And I love that. I love that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know? And, but for me, it's like, I wouldn't change it any other way though, because I feel that everything that, that has come to me, like the, the success that has come to me is, is fine. I can, I can comfortably say now that I feel so much successful and it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with where I'm spending my time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, man, I, I, I can continue to say it, but like you are such an inspiration for me, not only in the way that you run your businesses, you're doing so many amazing things. You have so, so many different investments going on as we were speaking before this and you have so many things going on, but what it comes down to is the person that you are that really inspires me and the kind of human that you, that you show yourself each and every single day. It is, it is truly inspiring. And for me, I never had a male role model growing up, but you are someone that I genuinely look up to in so many different ways. And one of them being your energy is something that is truly, it's contagious. I can be, I can be in, 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 in not the greatest headspace or I can just not be all the way there and I'll hop on a call with you and I'll hop off the call and it doesn't matter what happened, but just hearing you speak just gives me a different kind of energy that is, it is, it is hard not to take on. For those that maybe don't feel much enthusiasm in their day, maybe they're not feeling like they're where they're supposed to be because of societal conditioning or whatever that comes down to, what do you tell them to increase their enthusiasm and, and increase their, their energy in their day? I think it, it starts with uh, it starts with finding your purpose. I think that's where it all all starts. It's like if, if you're waking up and you're not motivated, it's because you're not doing what you want to do mm -hmm. or, or what you're doing is not aligned with what you want to do. So... I will never tell you quit your job and just go cold turkey and go, you know, live your dream life. Like, no, that's not going to happen, but it's okay. It's okay, obviously to not know what your purpose is, but it's not okay to not try to find out what your purpose is. Yeah. So I would say to that person who's just like, ah, oh, I got to go to this job. I have to go and do this thing. That's mindless. 
that's just not aligned with me. I would say, find what's aligned with you. What is it? Do you want to be a coach? Do you want to be a firefighter? Do you want to be a personal chef? Do you want to be whatever it is that you want to be? You can actually like you believe it or not, the only thing that's holding you back is you. You can you can do that. And who and whoever told you you can't do that, you got to ask them like why or why are they the ones holding you back? Why are you relying on other people, other people's approval? to drive you to what you want to do. That is, that is something that I will tell you is that don't do it for anybody else but yourself. And it's okay to be selfish. It is okay to be selfish. If you are, if you are living like, or trying to do what you feel is meant to do and, and fills your cup. And I know I've been saying that term fill your cup a lot is because I, I never knew what that meant until it was just like, okay, fill my cup. Meaning that let me do things that make me happy. You know, there's a football game on tonight. I'm watching that game tonight. Like that makes me happy for there's just, you got to know what, what, what fills your cup and what makes you happy. But at the same time, don't waste time. Don't procrastinate. Don't find reasons to hold yourself back from taking action or try to do something that's perfect. I always say this all the time. Perfection is just a delay to your dreams. So stop trying to be perfect. Stop, stop, stop. Grab that bull by the horn. Make sure if you want to be an amazing coach, an amazing leader, an amazing mentor, an amazing teacher, amazing, whatever it is that you want to do. But what I would say is the first thing you do is wake up, right? And find a plan to get to that. If it's reading, if it's learning two hours a day, whatever it is, just do something about it. Come up with a six month plan, a one year plan, a two year plan, but just the key is to have a plan in place. So if you are right now lost, confused, don't know what, don't know how to get out of the situation, come up with a plan, reach out to James. That's what James does amazingly. You know, that's what, that's a specialty, but it comes down to being clear on what your purpose is. Why are you living right now? Are you meant to be working in a restaurant? Are you meant to be working for this company? Are you meant to be working for that company? Or are you just pretending like, like how I was? Are you pretending that, that you're happy when you're not happy and be like, Oh, I'm just, this is what, this is what society told me. Mm -hmm. This is the rules. This is the tradition. No, you got to grab, you got to control your destiny, grab that bull by the horn. So true. And there's like, there's something that you've always told me. And I, like I said, I, I love the analogies that you have for things because it just like, Amarisms. Yeah. <laughs> when it's um, ready, fire, aim is, is being able to take action before you know the steps, before you know what you have to do, before you know every single step in, 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 and what you have to do and, and as you said there is like you have to have a vision or you're not going to be able to take any steps and it, it, came, it comes back to like you said your definition of success is confidence is being able to take action regardless of what you think is going to happen and i think that again this is why this podcast you can too podcast because most of the time we stand in our own way it's not that we don't know what we need to do we just haven't got clear enough on what we need to do and so we avoid it and we use that as a, a way to just stay where we are and stay comfortable where we are because that's exactly where our mind wants us to stay and I know that mentorship has been something big for you because it's gotten you to not only run multiple businesses and be able to make more money than you ever have, but also have more time than you've ever have. Mm -hmm. So for those out there right now that maybe don't have a mentor, never have, never thought about getting one, don't see why they should, what do you tell them? I tell them that, hey, if you have a broken sink or you have a broken toilet, you call a plumber. If you have issues with your air conditioning and heater, you call the HVAC guy. I feel like, or girl, I feel that if you are struggling in life and you 
want to find a little purpose or find your way, you hire a mentor. That that is what it that that to me is what it is. I said this and I say this religiously. I feel like everybody should come with a mentor. Like when you hit eighteen, it should you should you should be like mandated a mentor for six months just to understand because the accountability that it forces you forces you to get to your dream life. That is why I think it's very, very important. And I'll say it again, like James, you're an amazing mentor, an amazing coach. I would say reach out to James. Reach out to James. This is what James does. He was, you know, I, I was I watched his growth. I watched his trading. I watched him go from, you know, from learning to now mastering it. So I would say, yeah, reach reach out to that. Reach out to a professional, to an expert, because at the end of the day, you're you gotta look at yourself in the mirror and say, Am I living my true authentic self or am I living it for somebody else? Mm. I think that's that's a really big point to touch on because a lot of our life we live working for someone else and then we never give our ourselves the opportunity. What would it look like if I even, you know, tried to to what would my ideal look like, my ideal week even look like? I think that's something that we we put off so much because we don't even fathom the capability of it happening. So we stay in where we are and we never even we never even dream. Me me and Simon were speaking a couple of days ago talking about just we have to be able to dream. We have to give ourselves space to dream about what it could come because our potential is infinite, truly. Oh and, my god, yeah. And if we don't like at least give ourselves an idea of what the best capability would look like when we do get to that point where we have all the tools, we have all the steps, we have all the people, we're not going to do it because we don't know where we want to go. Mm-mm, so I think getting right. clear on, I think getting clear on where you want to go is something so important and again it, it's it's hiring coaching because then they hold you accountable to that standard because no matter even if you do get clear on where you want to go are you going to show up for yourself is that lack of belief going to be holding you and your holding you back something that is 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 so big is is that self-belief and as you've already spoken about it when you were getting out of baseball and getting into the corporate world where was that self-belief at and what was your internal narrative throughout that period of time I think it was like, okay, I failed once. I'm not going to fail again. I was scared to fail. I was scared to fail. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I overcompensated. Yep. And it was being the first one at the office, the last one to leave. And it was starting from the bottom, learning every everything about the business. Even like, I'll tell you, I mean, even with Rob Dial, right? And his, I work, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be working with his team. I want to learn everything. I want to learn every part of the business. Why? Because number one, it makes me feel confident as far as, hey, I'm learning the skills of a different business that I'm not used to. So it, it, it gives me more tools in my tool belt. Secondly, I'm like a utility player. Like if they need anybody, you know, in a situation, I'm, I'm confident enough to be able to do that. So, but for me, it was the fact that I was scared to fail. But then, and I don't remember the exact time, but then it was like when I failed, I did not feel as bad as I built it up to be. You know, it, I think it was like a car. Like I bought a car and I ended up losing money out of the deal. And it was just like, whatever, I'll just make it up in the next. And it was like, oh shit. And it was like more of that. And it was more about like, okay, let me convince myself that it was something else. But it was, it was, it was some mind, mind fuck shit to be honest with you, bro. But it was, it was a lot of that. But because, because I, I, it, the key here though is I did not stop. I yeah. did not stop. And you know, it, it, it all it all comes down to just staying on track. I mean, you know, there's that saying is you can't chase two rabbits. And I feel like I was always, always sticking on one path. And anytime I, I, I mentor, coach or train employees, I always say, like, let's just focus on one thing at a time and do it really well. 
and that's kind of the way I started to approach everything. I didn't have to be in sports. I was never the, the biggest. I was never the strongest. I was never the fastest, but I was able to do pretty well. Why? Because I understood. I was patient. I wanted to learn. And I feel like, like in today's world, everybody wants an instant gratification. We have Amazon that you can order something in four hours. It's going to be on your doorstep. Right now, if I'm hungry, I can go to Chipotle. I can order on my phone right now and get Chipotle sent right here to my office. Like there's so much instant gratification that I feel like it's taking away the, the, the actual, like, like the fact that when people have to wait, it feels almost unnormal. Like, why am I waiting for it makes I, saw, I saw you light up when I said that. Yeah, what, yeah. What did it, I trigger from you there, buddy? So true. Because, no, it makes it seem like, why even try if I have to wait that long? Exactly. That's it. That's what it comes down to. It's, it's right. as I said, because, and, and you can't, you, I can't blame you or me or anybody who feels that way, but because that's what society is making. Everything is so convenient. Yeah. Everything's on, you know, your fingertip. And it's like, wait, no, but that job you want is not on your fingertip. That, you know, that girl that you want is not on that fingertip, that anything that you want is not, not going to be on, on an, on an app. It's going to be through your confidence, through your success, through your self-belief, through everything that you, all that talk, all that work that you've done to yourself, it all comes down to you believing in yourself. And, and that's, that's where it comes down to, because once again, I'll say it again, if you do not believe in yourself, why the hell would anybody else? Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to believe in your dream if you don't believe in it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And when I joined the program, I, I was 17 years old. You know, everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Like I was the oh, youngest. Yeah. Including me. I was including a maniac. Me. I, yeah. Well, I invested a whole lot of money to, to join that program and I, I didn't have it. But I think that that's, that's a part of it is, is recognizing that you're not going to have all the steps. You may not even have the money. You may not have the self-belief. But if you act in ways of people that are doing what you want to do, if you're around people that are where you want to be, you're going to attract that kind of personality. You're going to become that kind of person that can create that result. And I think yeah. that that's a big part of it. And I think for, for you speaking so much about this, like success, your success and your growth and to where you are today, it sounds like confidence and self-belief is something that's like the foundational part of that. Do you think, or what do you think is a characteristic or a strength of a leader that is just engraved in every single leader that you think everyone needs in order to be successful? I think number one is confidence. Uh, kind of said earlier, and you got to check your ego at the door. You got to understand that it's okay to eat last. You got to understand that, Hey, you know what? Like you're probably going to be waiting the longest to do something, but from there you're able to make sure and assess. And I'll say the word even control, make sure that you can actually control the scenario and the vision that you want for it to be the way that you've expected it to. So for me, I think that patience is patience and discipline is the hardest quality of a leader. But if you have the patience and the discipline that, hey, you may have that difficult client, you may have that difficult person, you may, I mean, 2022 now, there's a lot of haters out there. Like you're gonna have a lot of these roadblocks and you're gonna need the patience and the discipline to not, you know, run your mouth and not like worry about your ego. And that's why I say you check it at the door. It's all about like, check your ego, check your pride at the door. And you brought up something about you invested in yourself with money that you didn't have, right? Yeah. Now, people are doing this on a day-to-day -day with fucking universities and colleges. So yeah. you got people right now, you got people right now who are in debt hundreds of thousands of dollars yep. and they're doctors, they're lawyers. And 
the person driving Uber is clearing more than they are because of all the debt that they're paying into it. So I feel that, you know, I think it's ridiculous when somebody says, oh, I can't afford a mentor. I can't afford a coach because that's complete bullshit. Because if you really want it and you really, you really need it and you want to change for the better, there will always be a way. There will always be a way. It's so true because in this last episode with Brian Lubin, we, he spoke about how he spent over $37,000 and he was making $60,000, $37,000 on himself and he was making sixty. But the next year, the first month of the year, he made $72,000 that month alone, just yeah. from investing in himself. And it's like, it may not seem quantifiable when you invest in yourself at first, and it may not it seem scary as hell. And it absolutely is because you have to step up your standard and you're forced to do so. It's that new. was something that I noticed. Yeah. It's new. You have to become a different person. But you got to think about it too. It's like, where do they talk about investing in yourself besides yeah. social media? Yeah. They don't talk about that uh, on the news. They don't talk about that, about, oh, yeah, you should get a mentor. You should. No, of course not. They don't. I, I don't know why they don't. But yeah. as I said, it should be a prerequisite for every single person out there. I love I love the fact that you learn at a young age because you could have easily fell off track and went down, you know, a different road or a different path or, or shiny object syndrome or whatever, whatever yeah. it is. But you decided to stay on track. So I just think it's, I just think it's just very, very. Very important to just understand that if you need guidance and you are lost, invest in yourself because that is the biggest, biggest, biggest return that you'll ever get in any type of investment. And I've done a lot of financial investments, but the biggest return I ever had was investing in myself. By far. And that's not monetary. That's not no, just monetary exactly. either. Exactly. Nothing to do with money. Nothing to do with money. Because you you made you were one of the biggest success stories in the program. You made over two hundred fifty two thousand dollars in less than a couple months, and it was like you, people see that, and I think there's two different perspectives. You can either be jealous of it and be uh, compare yourself, or you can be inspired and see, well, that person can do it. That kind of proves that I can too. So why would I not take action towards going after that? Starting from the beginning and getting to where you are right now, you have multiple businesses. You have more freedom than you ever had. What do you wish you knew when you started? I think the number one thing I would have, I wish I would have known is that I wish I would have surrendered a lot quicker. I yeah. think that's the best thing. When I say surrendered, it doesn't mean throwing the towel. It doesn't mean quitting. It means like just trusting the process. Stop trying to find all the answers, you know, because I, there's a saying when, when you try to, when you think you know all the answers, all of a sudden the questions get changed around and it's like, let's just trust the process, surrender, just if you are being a true, authentic, good person, you got nothing to worry about. Like you have nothing to worry about. And I said it, you said it earlier, like you will never go broke giving. I think it's very important to humble yourself, go out there and donate and give, you know, because yeah, to that money that we brought in, you know, from, from business breakthrough, 10% of it went to charity. That is, it's important because you got to remember, it's like, you give, you give, you give, and the universe will always repay you. And I always bring up the example of when I was in Austin and I was flying to the airport and I found AirPods in the security. I found AirPods on the, uh, you know, in, in one of the, the bins when I was yeah. checking out security. And it wasn't mine because mine was in my pocket. So I went to the TSA people and they did not give a shit. They did not care that the person lost their headphone. You know, they didn't care. So then I went to the airline because i was flying to charlotte and there was like a flight next to me that was going to atlanta or something and i went up to the lady i said like, hey if you mind uh, i found this can you page if anybody lost it and sure enough she did it they got it 
And then as I walk to my gate, I hear them paging my name. I'm like, oh shit. I get there and they're like, hey, uh, Mr. Assad, we just upgraded you to first class. And I was like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Nothing meant, I mean, it was a Delta airline that was the one who uh, I handed the um, the AirPods and I was flying American Airlines. So it was no correlation, no anything. But for some reason, I ended up getting upgraded. And it was like, holy shit. And then, and I could have been like, yeah, well, maybe because I was traveling one and only had one seat. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter. I don't need to find the answer. That's the whole thing. Just let it be. Let it happen. Why do I got to question it? And I think that that to me is the one thing is that when things happen, you don't need to know why. You just just accept it, surrender, put your hand up. I, I think that's something that we need to normalize more frequently because hustle culture, as you said, like overworking does not mean you're going to get more results. Smart working is going to be hardworking. Like if you know what you're doing, you don't have to work 20 hours a day. You don't have to work like until you can't work anymore or risk not spending time with your family. I think dropping your ego is a big part of that. And that same thing goes into going into investing yourself. I think a lot of people want to do it on their own. Their pride is there and they're, I, I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody else. Why would I hire a coach? Well, if you think about it and it goes back to my father, your father, they spent their whole life working and doing things that probably missed out on a lot of opportunities where they could have spent more time with their family. My father passed away at 37. So I thought I don't have just my idea. My uncle passed at 37 too. I don't have much time on this earth. That was just my idea. I was like, Hey, I got to start early as I can. So if I can hire people that are where I want to be, or at least are in the mind space that I need to get to, to get to where I want to be, that's a shortcut. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an actual cheat code in life. And I, that's exactly how I see it through the lens. Cause you're, you're a big impact on me and exactly helped me get to where I am today. And you're an exact, um, I like, like testimonial for that. It, it's so, so true. And you've hired coaching yourself. What do you think has been the biggest, um, the biggest impact or had the biggest impact on getting you to where you are today? I think it was the, it was being there for my family. I always, I always uh, used to do work first, family second, because once again, that was the norm. Yeah. And it wasn't that I didn't love my family. It wasn't that about that. But it was like, I realized that when I made family first, work second, I had a more, I had a, I had a, a bigger drive for work then mm-hmm. because of it. So now that I'm not working the 60, 70 hours, the time that I do put into it, I am not, I'm not down about it. My energy is up. I'm not like about to walk into a 60, 70 hour work week to start your week. I'm going in there, I'm taking care of what I need to, and then I'm leaving. And, 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 it, and it, so for me, it's the, and I got more support for my family because of that. Yeah. Because I'm involved where in the beginning I was not involved. And that once again, all came about by hiring a mentor, joining a mastermind, joining a group, like something that like, like what you offer. So that's where it all comes down to is, is being able to put your pride aside, your ego aside and saying, you know what, I, I want to better myself. I, I don't like where I'm at right now. And I want to hire a coach, hire a mentor to get to that next level. Yeah. I think what you said there is, and it doesn't have to be just family. It could be your relationship with yourself. A quote oh, yeah. that, I, that I've loved, and it's from um, Tom Bilyeu, who's the CEO of Quest Nutrition. So like a billion dollar corporation there. He always he always says, and he, he harps on it so frequently, is that the only thing that matters is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. When you yep. prioritize your relationship with yourself, you build self-confidence, you build resilience, you build self-respect, because those are things that are not talked about. Again, is like, 
coaching isn't talked about in the modern world, but neither is self-love or the mindset that we need. I know that you were on Cassandra's podcast and I was listening to it and she said that she thinks mindset should be like a part of school. And I, of course, believe in full support of that as well, because I think that most of life comes down to your mindset towards things and you've gotten to where you are because your mindset supported you. It didn't suppress you. It helped you get to where you are today. So for those other than um, everything that we've done today, I'm so grateful that you are here. Where can people find Amar Asad? Awesome. Well, first off, thank you, James, for having me here, man. I'd love to jam out with you. James and I share a birthday, September 8th. Uh, and I, I've always taken him on as a little brother. And as I said, he's, you know, I, I always tell him, reach out to me anytime, anywhere. Uh, so thank you for that, brother. I just wanted to say that, oh yeah, Leaders Life Podcast. Um, I, I launched a podcast about six months ago, five, six months ago, top 2% in the world, which I'm just amazing. I'm so excited about that. So Leader Life Podcast, and uh, we'll have, I'm sure, the... Um, the uh, the link on the uh, on the show notes, but that's pretty much it right now. I I'm not taking like any clients right now. That's why I'm like everybody go to James. Yeah. I was uh, I was kind of big busy, but at the same time, I chose not to to enjoy the holidays with my family, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, where I can get to pick and choose, and I, and and it's just it just I'm just so blessed because being around people like you, James, being around a community that just supports 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 the unnorm of being with your family and then work secondary. So yeah, I would just say social media, Leaders Life Podcast, uh, have episodes air Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm gonna have James on there as well. He'll be on there once we get it going, uh, when we do the guests back. But yeah, it's 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 great. And we just talk about kind of what James and I were just shooting this shit about. Omar, thank you so much for having or for coming on the podcast. I'm more than grateful for you. And I would love to have you on the podcast in the future as well. I'm excited for the movie coming out for the production company. I'm excited for all the investment, everything that you were doing, man. I'm so grateful that we have this relationship and you inspire me to be better. And I hope that I know that a lot of people got a whole lot of value from this podcast episode. So thank you for coming on and I'll see you in the next episode. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you.